Then you will truly be successful. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good to those who love God. To those who are called. Meditate on it According to his Day 68, and I want to read a scripture that I hope that you will commit to memory. It's found in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter and the seventh verse. And it reads in this way. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I'll read it again. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And I want to title this excellence is the expectation. When God invests anything, he wants to get out of it everything. They call it in business terms, a return on an investment. And I want you to know God is invested in you. He's invested in you with purpose, which is the verb. He's invested passion, which is the fuel. He's invested an assignment for you to complete, which is a temporary rest stop. He's invested a calling, the echo from childhood. He's invested destiny, the punctuation mark at the end of your life sentence. And there's no greater example of excellency than my good friend, Richard Smallwood. Several years ago, I received an anonymous direct message from someone claiming to be Richard Smallwood. You know, total praise, Richard Smallwood. And this particular person had clearly hacked his account, gave me his cell phone number and told me that he had heard that I helped people with books and he was stumped. He needed somebody to help him finish. It took us a while, but I have in my hand the excellency of a publication that is over 500 pages, a story, an autobiography from Richard Smallwood. If you've heard any of his songs, you know that what he does is excellent. But the journey toward excellency is sometimes eccentric, difficult, and filled with a lot of questions around worth. I want you to listen to his story, whether it's on Audible or download his book. I want you to purchase this story told by Richard Smallwood because you will see that even though in the end we know this wonderful composer of great music, this international songwriter where his songs have been communicated and sang at the largest of stages, he didn't just get there overnight. And you won't get there overnight as well. Excellency is the expectation, so expect nothing less than excellency and then give nothing less, even if it takes five years to complete. Let's get to work. I want to read into your hearing this one verse and preach it to the glory of our God. 
but we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. People keep valuables in strange places. That's the story of the million-dollar nickel. Only five of Lady Liberty nickels were minted in the 1800s. The million-dollar nickel that stayed in the Givens family attic in North Carolina for 40 years until they discovered that it was one of five and that five-cent coin was worth one million dollars. People keep their valuables in strange places. I wonder where your family keeps the family jewels. In a Folgers coffee can, uh, behind a vault, or underneath the mattress. But perhaps this might strike you as more intriguing. Some recent college graduates who were roommates lived together in New Paltz, New York. They went to the local Salvation Army to purchase some furniture on their recently graduated budget to fill their apartment. They stumbled upon a couch. It looked okay. It could seat two, maybe three, comfortably. Looked as though it had been sat upon and rested upon, and so they made a bargain, struck a deal, and bought the couch for $20. They got the couch home. <laughs> and started to sit on it and felt it was a little lumpy. And so they began to beat the lumps out and to try to smooth out the couch for their comfort. The beating didn't go quite the way they wanted it to go, so they started to unzip parts of the couch when, unbeknownst to them, hundreds, hundreds of $100 bills started to fall out. Uh, an inch and a half here, an inch and a half there. And by the time they got done counting, they stopped counting before they got through the rest of it. More than $40,000 had fallen out of that $20 couch. <laughs> A real moral dilemma they faced. What would they do with this couch? They, they ended up locating the owner. It turns out that it, was, it belonged to an elderly woman who's a widowed woman whose children had decided they didn't want her sitting or sleeping on that couch anymore. And so they bought her a real mattress, a bed to hang out on. And they looked at the couch and thought it was junk and was going to throw it away. But instead of throwing it away, they donated it to the Salvation Army. And they found out that all of those years, their mother and deceased father had been keeping their treasure in what they thought was trash. That seems to be the argument that Paul makes about you and I. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it is that God likes to put treasure in jugs of mud, in jars of clay. This is not an unhelpful imagery. It's actually an illustration from that first century world where people would take their valuables and not deposit them in a bank, but put them in little pieces of pottery and bury them in the backyard. They took what was most important and put it in a container they could crack, one that they could easily access. And I imagine Paul's a great preacher. He's looking at that piece of pottery containing that treasure laid down in someone's yard, and the jug of mud starts to preach to him. The jug of mud says, if you look at me, Paul, 
I'm an illustration of your life. What's good about you is not actually you. But what's good about you is what's inside of you. It is that God has taken his most valuable possession and placed it inside of you. Peter says it this way in verse 4, I think of 1 Peter chapter 1. He says that we have a treasure in heaven reserved for us. Oh, I like that. I like going places where things are reserved for me. I don't like standing in lines or waiting a long time. I, I, I want it ready with my name on it. Feel the beauty of this. When you get to heaven, there, there are treasures reserved for you. Oh, this is hard to comprehend because we're so caught up in the shiny toys of this world. We're so taken by the fleeting pleasures that, that we cannot fully comprehend the kind of treasures, long-lasting, eternal treasures that never fade for us. They are reserved for us. One day we will obtain them. But can I do you one better? Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that yes, we have treasure reserved for us in heaven. But we got treasure right now. I wish I could preach this the way that I feel it. Some things you ain't got to wait to heaven to enjoy. But we serve such a wonderful God that he has given us all things richly right now to enjoy. That there are many wonderful spiritual pleasures for you to take part in. And yes, we await a life that is unknown, that is beautiful, that is beyond compare. For which language is the poverty of speech to describe? But we've got some joy in the here and now. Let me say rather pastorally, don't you let the enemy take the light of Christ away from you. Don't let him rob you of the joy that, that is right here, right now for you. Oh, about 14 years ago, I took my life savings and bought a ring. This is before Beyonce said, if you... Y'all don't listen to Beyonce. I'm sorry. If, if you really want it, if you really like it, you should have put a ring on it. Yeah, so I really, I really liked it. I really wanted it. So I, I put a ring. You should have saw me in front of the jeweler. Didn't know what I was doing. She turned out all the lights in the room, brought out these little headlight lamps and these little tongs and pulled out some black velvet. And she pulled a small bag and unzipped it and sprinkled the diamonds and there they started to sparkle and she explained all kinds of things to me there was clarity there was cut there was carrot carrot was all i knew growing up there was clarity there was cut there was carrot there was color and and she said which one of these do you want and i said which one of these can i afford <laughs> and and uh, cost yes that's the most important one there so uh, so i looked at my account and I said, this is all I got, but there's more where this has come from. I'll work to get it. And I bought that ring. You should have saw me. I was so proud. I bought that ring, cast it in straight platinum, tucked it away into a little box. The next day I was on the drive from Rockford to Champaign to propose to Kirstie. I was driving down I-39. About every 15 minutes, I'd open the little glove compartment to look at it to be sure it was still there and I'd close it back. <laughs> And I got there, y'all should have saw me. I got down on one knee and I started to wax eloquent. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? 
thou art more beautiful and fair. Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May, and far too often too hot the eye of heaven shines, and often is its glory dim. But thy eternal beauty shall never fade, nor lose possession of the fair thou owest. For as long as men can breathe or eyes can see, so long lives your beauty. And with this ring, I want it just for me. I told her that day, I said, listen, It, it, it makes the point. I told her that day, I got to go back to where I am. I got to get back in the car and drive back up. I've got to finish school, but I'm coming back to get you. And if ever you miss me or you can't catch me on the phone or you wonder what's going on, where I am, all you got to do is look down at your hand. Because when you look at that, that's a symbol. That, that is me saying, I gave you everything I got and I'm coming back for you. When you look at the treasure that is inside of these earthen vessels, God has put a kind of deposit, a kind of down payment. If ever you wonder how he feels about you, that, that he loves you, and, and if he's coming back, all you have to do is look at the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And it is a reminder that we have this treasure. Might I push on here to suggest to you that it's not just that we possess the treasure presently, but it is also that the content of the treasure is more valuable than the container. My grandmother is an illustration of this. My grandmother gave me rather an illustration. She went home to be with the Lord about two years ago. My grandmother was a, as, was a church woman, okay? Church woman, godly woman. I mean, she... She made the best greens and cornbread you ever had in your life. It was collard greens and hot water cornbread. Y'all don't know what that is, but hot water cornbread is a little gritty cake kind of thing you can mix in and mesh in with the collard greens. She made sweet potatoes, not candy yams. I don't know what that is. She made sweet potatoes. So <laughs> stick your finger in the, stick your fork in the potato and raise it up and you see this slimy, sugary thing come down. You get type two diabetes just looking at it. It, <laughs> it, it was amazing. Grandma, grandma loved church too. She, she would worship God in church and in ways that those of you who come to Progressive, I'm so happy y'all come too. Those of you who come to Progressive, she would do it like that. She shouts so hard, she clear whole pew just by shouting on her own. And when church was over, she cussed like a sailor. She, <laughs> she could go 20 minutes without repeating herself. It was, she was amazing. She was amazing. She had this activity she'd like for us to do during gardening season, whenever that is, on the south side of Chicago. And she grew her own green tomatoes and onions and mustard and, and collard greens. And so she, she, would, she called me chocolate. I was her favorite. She said, come on, chocolate, let's go on out to the garden. And she'd take the little water hose by the spigot on the side of the house and she'd fill up these two buckets. I, I won't forget it. One bucket was beat up and raggedy had holes in it and cracks in it. She always gave that bucket to me. We'd fill it up, put it in my hand. She'd take the nice pristine bucket, fill it up, hold my hand, and we walk through that garden on 117th and Vincennes in Chicago. Oh, those are precious memories. A few years went by and she wanted to do it again and I told her I didn't want to do it. Using words I'm not permitted to use from this station, she basically asked me, well, why not? And, and I told her, I'm of no help to you. You always make it to the end of the garden with all the water you put in your bucket. 
but I never make it to the end with all the water you put in mine. And I just don't get it. Why, 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 why do you do this? To me, it was an exercise in futility. And she said, is that what you think this is? She said, come on, let's walk through this garden. She said, do you see your side? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, what do you see? I said, there are green tomatoes and, and there are onions and there, there are collards and, and there are mustard. She said, do you see my side? I, I said, yes, ma'am. She said, what do you see? Grass. She said, I knew about the holes in that bucket. She said, I knew about the cracks in the side of that bucket. And I filled it up anyway. And I, I had you to carry it as I carried your hand because I knew that as you walked through the garden, the contents of that bucket would ease out and fall over and hit the ground and it would help the seed underneath the soil open up and grow. And the reason we got green tomatoes and onions and collards and mustards is because that bucket is broke. Friends, I wish I could preach this the way I feel it, but let me just say to you that grandma taught me something about the power of God. It is through our limitations that God demonstrates his power. He knows you're a cracked container. He knows that you're a jug of mud. He knows that we are jars of clay. And yet he fills us up so that as we walk through the world, the glory of the light shining on the face of Jesus Christ eases out. And those who would never have known the truth about God get to see him because God put inside of us great treasure. God bless y'all. May the world.